it on me not being able to say if you have your Bibles. Turn to, uh, first of all, Psalm 46, which is what Scotty preached on all week. And then we're going to be looking at Genesis 19. And uh, we'll start, uh, I don't know, probably in verse 1 in Genesis 19. But I, I just want to read this psalm uh, before we get started in what it is that I really want to preach about uh, this morning. What, I, what the title of my message is this morning is Divine Deliverance. Divine Deliverance. That uh, we, we are sinners. Uh, we are entrapped by sin. If we are lost, we are dead in it. And the only thing that can deliver us from the bondage and the yoke of sin is divinity. It's God that delivers us. From that, but you look at Psalm 46, and again, Scotty read this every night, four nights in a row. Uh, it says this: God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, will not we fear? In other words, therefore we will not fear. I like you know to put that in simple, plain, modern day English terms that we have a refuge. God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is a very present help in times of trouble. And there are a lot of people that are going through heartache and suffering and trial and tribulation and and illness and sickness and death and all of these things right here in our own church, in our own home, in our own family. But it says, therefore, will we not fear? See, there is nothing to fear. I believe one of our presidents said that there's nothing to fear, say fear itself. Amen. And the only thing that we as the children of God have to fear is what's on the inside of us, not what's on the outside. What's on the inside of us is fear and, and, and all of those things that go on in our hearts, our minds. It's emotional. My friend, I want you to know something. We have a refuge when things are going wrong on the outside that we can flee to on the inside. See, God is not somewhere out there in the sweet by and by apple pie in the sky. One day when I die, I get to flee to the refuge of heaven. I get to flee to the refuge of God. No, God is now living on the inside of me. All things are passed away. All things are new. I'm a new creation. What is it that made me a new creation? Well, it is the inner power of the living God by the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. We have a refuge. God is our refuge. And that refuge is a strength that I can turn to inwardly. I don't have to turn to outwardly. I can close my eyes and I can know that God is there. God is with me. He lives in me. If He's not here when I show up, He's here when I show up. Amen. If He wasn't here before I got here, I know that He is here now because I brought Him with me. I hope and pray that you too brought the same God that's living on the inside of me, that you brought Him with you, living on the inside of you. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He is a very present help in time of trouble. And therefore, Will I not fear? I'm not afraid of this world. I'm not afraid of the devil, the arch enemy. Listen, the the Christian, the church, the people of God, we have three enemies in this world. 
One of them is this godless world, this godless system, this godless society that we live in. You can see it everywhere. Just flip on the television. It's screaming in your face. Not only that, but of course we have the arch enemy, Satan, Lucifer, the devil. Oh, Slewfoot that hates us. He hates you. He hates me. He hates our family. He hates this church. He hates anything that is holy and righteous and brings glory and honor to God. But not only that, not only this godless system and the devil, but we have our old nature. Just like I have a refuge living on the inside of me, God is our refuge and He lives in me. I still have an old nature living on the inside of me. There's a battle going on between right and wrong, good and evil, heaven and hell. And I'm telling you, there are a lot of people that are members of this church that are going through some of the darkest nights of their life. There's an inner battle going on because of an outer war between heaven and hell, good and evil, God and Satan. And there are people in this church that are being attacked in an unprecedented way. Over and over and over and over. And boy, I'll tell you what, after a while, it's hard. It's hard to stand up under that type of attack. You should be praying for your brothers and sisters in our church that you know that are going through the darkness that they're going through. The, the death, the separation, the agony of, of uh, ailments and disease that is coming into people's hearts and homes and families of lives. My friend, that is, that is one of the tactics that Satan uses to, you know, I'm telling you, stuff like that will either draw you closer to God and you will submit your life more wholly and completely and, and surrender every inch, every ounce, every fiber of your being to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But then the flip side of that, there are people who allow that to cause them to push away from God. God have mercy. God forbid that that should happen to people in our own home, our own family. And by home, I mean our church home, our family home, and especially within our own physical homes and our physical lives. Certainly, we as the children of God, we as the brothers and sisters of Christ, of those that are, are here in our church, we should never fail to lift them up in prayer. Let them know that we love them and are praying for them and encourage them in their walk with Christ. It goes on to say this, Therefore will we not fear, though the earth be moved and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, uh, though the mountains shake, with a swelling thereof. And that's the things that I'm talking about. The tribulations that people go through. And, and I remember Scotty preaching the first night on there is a river. There is a river. And boy, that river of life, that river of water of the Word of God that runs deep and wide and clear. And that, uh, oh, I think of Psalm 1 where it talks about a, a tree planted by the water of life that the roots run deep. See, unless our roots are running deep into the water of the Word of God, we will be shaken. We will forget whose we are and who we are. We will forget that we have a refuge. We will forget that that refuge lives on the inside of us. That I don't have to run around seeking that refuge somewhere. But that all I have to do is close my eyes and look introspectively and realize that He's here. 
He's living in me. And He's come in the power of the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, direct, and to give me power and strength over the enemy. The Bible says, greater is He that's in me than he that is in the world. And I have a refuge. I have a river of the water of life running right here in front of me in the form of God's Word. And I can look to that. Though the waters thereof roar and there be trouble, there's a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. My friend, I want you to realize, one day in the sweet by and by apple pie in the sky, I'm going to the city God of God in the sky. But right now, we have a tabernacle. We have a house. We have a place of meeting with God. Not only is the, is the refuge living on the inside of me by the power of the Holy Spirit, but I have a people. I have a house of God. I have a tabernacle. I have a church. I have a bride of Christ. I have a family that I can turn to, depend on, look to for prayer and strength and help leadership and guidance. God forbid that we forget where our power, where our strength comes from. It says this, there is a river in verse 4, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. You know, I know this. The Bible says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the people of God, the house of God, the Word of God. They shall not prevail against the Spirit of God. We have a place that we can come to. We know, we know that God is meeting with us here. The Lord of hosts in verse 7. I'm sorry, verse 6. It says, The heathen raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered His voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. Not with them. Not with verse 6. The heathen raged the kingdoms of the heathens of this world, of this godless system. They come against us and they rage. But my friend, I want you to realize something. That He uttered His voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolation He hath made in the earth. He maketh the wars to cease. He stops the war. Do you have wars? you have battles going on in your heart, in your mind, in your home, in your family, in your body? Are things in this world tearing you down, breaking your heart, shredding you, tearing you away from the place of God, the people of God, the Word of God, the presence of God, even in your own heart and in your own life where you know that He lived. I know that I have it. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I've committed unto Him against that day. And yet the terrors of the world, the terrors of this life, tear us away from the God who even lives on the inside of us. Come behold the works of the Lord. What desolation He hath made of the earth. He maketh wars to cease. Unto the ends of the earth, he breaketh the bow, he cutteth the spear asunder, he burneth the chariot of fire. 
My friend, I want you to know the enemy, Satan, the world, the old nature, God can stop those things in a heartbeat. And though the battles physically may rage on in the world, I have peace in my heart. What's Scotty say? I've said it a thousand times, but I'll guarantee you some people heard Scotty say it last night for the first time. You cannot have the peace of God until you have peace with God. Until you surrender your heart and your mind and your life and everything that you are to everything that He is, the power of God, the peace of God, the presence of God will evade and escape you no matter what it is that you cry out. You cry out to God for peace and there's, there's no peace to be found until first we have made peace in our own hearts and our own lives with God. It goes on to say this, He can, he can stop all of those wars But in verse 10 it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Now I know that the heathens that I'm talking about are not the godless peoples of the world. But the heathens that I'm talking about are the heathens that attack us in our heart, in our mind, in our lives through all of these things. Death and sickness and trial and tribulation and and separation from the things of God in our lives. But be still, you see. He, He said we have got to stop. Stop. Stop and focus. That will keep Him in perfect peace. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, Isaiah, it says, Thou will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Thee. You want 50% peace? Keep your mind on the Lord 50% of the time. Give Him 10% of your heart and your mind and your focus. You'll get 10% peace. But if you want the peace of God that passes all understanding, if you want 100% peace in your life, no matter what the storms are raging, then surrender every inch, every ounce, every fiber of your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and keep your mind stayed on Him. That will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord. And every say, how do you do that? How do I keep my mind stayed on the Lord? I'm telling you that the prayer is an attitude of the heart more than an action of the lips. It is something that you focus your heart on. And, and no matter what comes my way, the first thing that my mind goes to is my refuge. The first thing that my heart goes to is the peace of God that passes all understanding because He lives in me. Be still and know that I am God. I will exalt among, I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. With us. You remember what it said in verse 1? God is our refuge. The Lord of hosts is with us. No matter what the world does. No matter what Satan does. No matter what the old nature that is a part of me does. I know, Miss Dorothy Nell, that He will never leave me and He will never forsake me. And that I can trust Him no matter what is going on in my life. Well, you turn to Genesis 19 and we'll start our message. Amen? Genesis 19 and verse... Uh, one, you you know this story. 
<clears throat> we have talked about it so many times, and there came two angels to Sodom in the evening. And Lot said at the gate of Sodom, and, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them and bowed himself with his face toward the ground before them. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into thy servant's house and tarry all night and, and wash your feet and you shall rise up early and go your way. And they said, Oh no, 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 no. We don't want to be an imposition to you. Lot, we'll uh, make our abide or our abode. We'll stay the night in the street, and He pressed them. In other words, He pressed upon them with His words. He would not take no for an answer. And He pressed upon them greatly. And so they turned in unto Him and entered into His house and made them. He made them a feast. And they did bake unleavened bread and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, come past the house round about, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. Now I want you to realize that Nineveh was uh, Nineveh. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah were, were pretty good cities. I, I'm going to be talking about Nineveh. I spoke on that just for a minute after one of the messages that Scotty brought. And I, I, he mentioned Sodom and Jonah and how Jonah went back to Nineveh and walked in. And I said, when he got to that gate, he walked a day's journey into the city of Nineveh. Now, a day's journey, I don't know what a day's journey is back then, but he's walking, so I'm going to say a man walks four miles an hour. That's a lot if you take eight times eight hours a day and count that as a full day's journey. Um, so let's just go with two. Let's say he walked 16 miles into the heart of Nineveh to, pray, to spread the message that God had given him. You remember the message that I, I shared after uh, Scotty's sermon? I said he he had a one he hated those people. He didn't come in and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He didn't say God loves you and he wants you to repent and turn away from your sin and and God No, he says 40 days. 40 days. You got 40 days. God's coming and you're going to die. See you. And he turned around and he walked out of the city. That was the whole message. My word. What a short one-line message. God's coming and you're going to die. He didn't want him to be saved. But you see, in the message that God gave him to preach, He gave him 40. He said, you tell him 40 days before I show up. What happened here in Sodom and Gomorrah was immediate. He didn't give him 40 days. He didn't give him 40 hours. He went in and destroyed that city. You look at again what it says in verse 5. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in unto thee this night? Bring them out unto us that, they, that we may know them. You know what the word know means. It's not a head knowledge of the facts. Uh, hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. So it's a heart knowledge, not a head knowledge. Uh, the Bible says that Adam knew Eve and she conceived and gave birth. So to know is an intimate love relationship. And here it says, They called Lot and said, Where are those men? Bring them out that we might have intimate relationships with those men. And Lot went out the door unto them and shut the door behind them and said unto them, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and you can do to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. 
For therefore came they. This is why they came under my roof or under the shadow of my roof was that I might give them protection from the city. And now, listen, I'm sorry, but there's something here that don't make no sense. The fact is, is that these men came from God and they were angels of God. They did not need the protection of Lot and his house. They could have been perfectly safe sleeping out on the streets. And yet Lot brought them in knowing that they were men of God, that they might not be molested by the world. And yet he's willing to throw the two daughters that he brought into the world out into the streets and to allow the world to have its way with them. My friend, you know I see a lot of homes and families that do the same thing. We, 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 we come to church. We know that we have children, loved ones, grandchildren, whatever. People in our homes, people in our own families that are that are being molested by the, the lifestyle of the world. And we, we sit and watch and allow that to take place without ever opening our mouths or out saying a word, without trying to stop it in any way. We just turn them over to the world, to the ways of the world, the will of the world. And may I say that this godless system does not love your children. Remember the three enemies of the cross, the three enemies of Christ. One of them is this godless system that we look at what the world is doing and we say, oh boy, isn't that nice? And we just let our children go. Turn them over to a godless system that hates their guts and wants to destroy their lives and their souls in hellfire. We turn them over to the devil, the god of this godless system. The God of this world. The little G God of this world. And I'll tell you what causes us to turn our children, grandchildren, and loved ones over to this godless system and to the leader or the little G God of this godless system is our godless souls. The old nature that lives on the inside. We may be saved. We may have a new nature. We may have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Lot did. The Bible says in the New Testament that that righteous man Vexed his righteous soul with the evil deeds from day to day of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. In other words, he became just like them, even though he was supposedly a godly man. My friend, we need to realize that there are two people living on the inside of us. That is the old nature and the new nature. That is the spirit of man and the spirit of God. That is the Holy Spirit and the spirit of this world. And if there's not a battle going on on the inside of your heart, on the inside of your mind, then you are submitting and surrendering yourself to the old nature. You're submitting and surrendering your life to the lordship of this world and this godless system. That is exactly what Lot had done. He had allowed these men to come into his home and was willing to throw his daughters out the door to the world. And the men said unto Lot, in verse 12. <clears throat> and the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any? Now we're talking about the angels, the men. Hast thou here any besides? Do you have son-in-laws? Do you have daughter-in-laws? Do you have daughters? Do you have sons? And whatsoever there is in the city, bring them out of this place. 
For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. I want you to realize something. This, this world is, is not long in existence. God is, I think, Scotty preached on that too. One day, this world is going to melt with a fervor and heat. That fervor and heat is going to be the fire of God coming down. And people say, oh man, them Baptist preachers, ain't nothing but them old, old fire and brimstone hill fire preachers. Well, amen, I can't help but be. Why? Because there's fire and hell and brimstone in the Bible. And there is warning in the Bible, we are being warned by angels from God in the ultimate destruction of this godless system. Sodom and Gomorrah, they're just pictures of this world that we're living in now. And the, the Bible, the angels there, are warning us that soon, and very soon, people who are attached to this godless system, they're going to go up in a puff of smoke along with this world and everything that is attached to it. And these angels were telling Lot, do you have anybody in here that you care about? Do you have any family members that you love? How do you show that you love them? You better get them out. You better get them out of this world. Get them out of this life. Get them out of this city. Get them out of this world. Because this world is going to be set on hell fire from God. It's not going to come in a flood. Oh, I know, there's a, there's a rainbow out there that tells us the next time this world is destroyed, it ain't going to be by water. It's going to be by flood. And it says this, for, uh, again, do you have anybody in there? And then in verse 4, for we will destroy this place because the cry of them, the cry of the world, the cry of the sinful have waxen great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, uh, which married his daughters, and said, Up, oh, get you out of this place. For the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And not only to his sons-in-law, but obviously to his sons. The Bible said there in uh, verse 12 that he had sons, sons-in-law, sons and daughters. The Bible says when he went and told them, man, you got to get your stuff, you got to get your family, you got to get, get out of here. Uh, these angels have come into our house and have told me that God is fixing to destroy this place. Uh, how, how pertinent, how, how excited are you when you share with your family or do you share with your family? The information that God has given us in His Word about the destruction that is coming. And if you were to give them that, would they look at you as one that looked at a, at a person who was mocking? That, that literally means this. When the sons-in-law heard what Lot had said, they thought he was being a hypocrite. Why? Because he was living the same lifestyle the people in Sodom and Gomorrah were living they didn't want to hear anything he had to say. My friend, I believe that a lot of our children, a lot of our grandchildren, a lot of people who we love, they won't listen to what we have, what we're offering, what we're selling. They ain't picking up what we're putting down if we're putting down anything. And the reason is, is because we ain't living the life that we're preaching. And God knows that we all, including your pastor, can do better. And I covenant together with you this morning to do better. All right, when I said that a, a fire was lit in my heart by the preaching that Scotty McDowell brought over the past four days, I was serious. God moved in my heart. 
And I'm hoping and praying that God has touched your heart and that you are taking seriously this refuge that God has given us. The place of God, the house of God, the spirit of God, just the deity of Jesus Christ, the Godhood of God in our life, that we might submit and surrender every ounce, every inch, every fiber of our being, not just partially commit, partially dedicate some of the things that we don't really care about, but hold on to the sin which doth so easily beset us, but literally lay down everything that we are for the glory and honor of God. It goes on to say this in verse 15. When the morning arose, the angels hastened Lot. They came to him and said, Hey boy, did did you hear what we said last night? I I see that you're still just hanging around. You're dilly-dallying. You're not doing anything. You're not getting the job done. And they came and they hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife, thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Look at what it says in verse 16. And while Lot lingered. Are you lingering? Are you putting it off? Not really taking it seriously? No, no, I mean, I hear you. I understand preaching what you're saying. People have been saying that for 2,000 years. Man, Jesus is coming. Lord's coming. Lord's going to devour. And it's going to be a fire. And it's going to be melted. It's, it's going to be bad. But it ain't bad now. It's good. I'm enjoying my life. I'm enjoying my sin. I love the world and the things of the world. If any man love the world and the things thereof, the love of the Father is not in him. That's what the Bible says. That we've got to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. I'll be unto you a God. You'll be unto me a people. Are we being unto Him a people? Is He being unto us a God? Are we taking His Word seriously? Are we dilly-dallying or lingering? It says, And while He lingered, the men laid hold upon His hand and upon the hand of His wife and upon the hand of His two daughters and the Lord being merciful unto Him. More than that, what it takes for us to be saved? Oh, listen, we don't want to let go. We don't want to turn loose. We don't want to give up. We don't want to give out. We don't want to go back. We, we love Sodom. We love tomorrow. We love our sin. We love the things of the flesh. But see, when God says, oh no, 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 no. Well, what did the angels tell Him? We, we can't do anything. We, we can't rain down fire and brimstone. We can't destroy this earth. We can't destroy this city until you get out. There's coming a day that all of those who have been blood-bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is going to come and not take by the hand, but take by the heart, illuminate, regenerate, lead them out. And they're going to bend the knee and bow the head and surrender their hearts and life to Christ. How long has it been that you've been being warned by a man from behind a pulpit? My friend, one day, if you're a child of God or if you're bought by the blood of Christ, and you have not come to Christ for salvation yet, the Holy Spirit will grab you by the heart and He will drag you outside the city limits of Sodom and Gomorrah. You will follow Him. But you know, I I believe there's a lot of people who have been taken by the hand of the pastor, taken by the hand of somebody else in the family, somebody in the church, led them out of Sodom and Gomorrah, led them out of Egypt, led them out of sin, and they've come into the house of God. But boy, they're still looking over their shoulder, just like Lot's wife. Lot's wife still loved Sodom and Gomorrah. 
She, she didn't want to leave. She didn't want to go. Somebody else in her family had, had brought her out. Or, and, and they... her Listen, if your heart is still in that world, you can be sitting on a pew when God shows up. Be lost. Separated from God for an eternity. The only thing that changes your destiny from hell to heaven is when you fall in love, not with a religion, not with a Baptist church or a denomination, not with a set of rules and regulations, but you fall in love with the person of Jesus Christ. These angels, these messengers of God, you see, I know you don't realize this, but I'm an angel. (laughs) I am a messenger of God, sent by God to lead you out of Sodom, to lead you out of Gomorrah. And I can lead you out of the world into the church and you sit on a pew and drop your dollar in a plate and you can die and go to hell. You can turn to a pillar of salt if your heart's not changed. The only thing that changes your destiny from hell to heaven is when you fall so in love with Christ that you cannot imagine going back to who you used to be. Mrs. Lot couldn't couldn't imagine her life away from Sodom and Gomorrah. Can you imagine your life away from the things of the world, the things of the flesh? Can you imagine your life surrendered, mind, body, and soul, everything that you are to Christ and living a life that is pleasing to Him? I know people that say, no, I can't. I can't imagine. I talk to them every day, all the time. I talk to guys and girls like that all the time. That man, no, I, I can't do that. And that you can't have any fun if you're a Christian and going to church and reading your Bible and stop doing this and start doing that. You you can't have any fun. And listen, let me tell you something. I've had more pleasure, maybe not fun, but more pleasure since I've become a Christian than I ever had when I was lost. Being blessed by God. Having the joy of the Lord. Not the, not the fun and the pleasure of this world, but the joy of the Lord in my heart is much more important to me than the things of this world. Are they to you? Are you willing? Are you ready to let go and let God surrender everything that you are to everything that He is? Turn away from the flesh. Turn away from the world. Turn away from Satan. He doesn't love you. He hates you. and He hates your children and your grandchildren. He hates your guts. My friend, the only one that loves you is Christ. Live your life for Him. He is the refuge. Flee. Flee before it's everlasting too late. The way that, that uh, Lot said, oh, listen, don't make me go up to the mountain. Let me, let me go to this little town over here. It's just a little small city. See, if you want to go out there and, and well, I'm not going to the mountain of God. I'm not going to, you know, to, to Zion. I'm not going to Calvary. I'm not going to where God wants me to be. I'm just, I'm coming out of, uh, out of what's so bad, but, but at least let me go to something that, that's not as bad. It's Zoar. It's just a little small town. It's still the world. It's still the flesh. It's still sin. Come out. While it's still called today, let's pray. Father, we love You. I hope and pray, God, that we love You. That we're not just saying it. God, that we actually mean it and we show it by the lifestyle that we live. We show it by our faithfulness to You. 
And the things that You command. Not, not requests, but God, the things that You command of us. Help us, God, to surrender. We'll give You the glory for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.